Hey, what's up, guys? Excited to be back with you. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about playing defense plus the four steps to eliminate unchecked assumptions. And these unchecked assumptions, they can either kind of be like a ticking time bomb that you don't know is going to set off and explode. It can also be like walking past a big bag of money. Um, so it's been massive breakthrough for me to uh, realize how much unchecked assumptions go on. And we'll talk about ways that you can eliminate those and should be a lot of fun. Talk to you guys soon. So all entrepreneurs know that business is a game and every game there are rules. The problem is if you break the rules or don't know what they are, the consequences will crush your wallet, your relationships, and your dreams. It's kind of like going on a roller coaster that runs out of track. It's just not gonna be pretty. So the question is then, how do we figure out what are the critical rules about business so that we can win and make money? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is Rory Hochstein, and welcome to One Wild Business Ride. Hey guys, let's dive right in. So today we're going to be talking about playing defense plus the four steps to eliminate unchecked assumptions. So I wanted to mention about playing defense. Again, you've heard me on several podcasts before talk about how I am reading this book by Keith Cunningham, The Alleged Rich Dad of Robert Kiyosaki. Um, in his book, The Road Less Stupid, he talks about the importance of playing defense as a business um, to avoid the dreaded dumb tax. And, and just if you're unfamiliar with what a dumb tax is, it's basically any stupid decision um, that can even be made by really smart people. And he includes himself, and I've made the dumb tax to incur it, um, that you know creates severe financial loss, can cripple a business. And he said the root of that dumb tax is unchecked assumptions. Maybe it was ego, maybe it was pride, maybe it was, you know, just a false sense of security. Whatever it was, uh, it caused this belief that I don't need to worry about this when really it should have been worried about, it should have been considered, and as a result, um, the business is now paying a price. And uh, part of another concept I want to tie in here uh, to create kind of a hybrid uh concept is is one from Jim Collins and he wrote a he wrote several great books but one of them that I really enjoyed was great by choice and he taught in there a concept that encompasses this idea of playing defense in your business to protect it from outside threats uh, that could potentially cripple it um, they might also see opportunities to take advantage in the marketplace and uh, as, as soon as I, I really cl- clued into this, it's changed the way that I <laughs> experience stress. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's, it's a really positive stress. You know, sometimes it, it keeps me up late at night, but it, uh, it's allowed me to protect businesses from getting destroyed. And so, and that concept is, Jim Collins refers it to as productive paranoia. And I'm just going to read the concept um, from his website, because I think he, he describes it really well, and we'll kind of go more into this. So, um, so productive paranoia is a concept where the only mistakes you can learn from are the ones you survive. Leaders who stave off decline and navigate turbulence assume that conditions can unexpectedly change violently and fast. They obsessively ask, what if? By preparing ahead of time, building reserves, preparing a margin of safety, bounding risk, and owning their disciplines in good times and bad, they handle disruptions from a position of strength and flexibility. So absolutely love it and totally live it um, because sometimes 
you know, when you're, you're playing the, the game of business, sometimes thousands, tens, hundreds, millions of dollars are on the line. And uh, <laughs> you need to be at your top game uh, to make sure that that money doesn't get lost. So I wanted to just kind of share some kind of fun personal stories to start off with about unchecked assumptions um, that I've gone through and, and that I paid consequences for. And then I'll dive into some more business examples. Hopefully this will help flesh out uh, the, some clarity about the concept so you can see how it can be relevant for you and your business. So just kind of go way back in time for me. Uh, when I was about 15 years old, still a pretty skinny guy, I showed up to gym class. We were starting a new um, segment where we were going to learn wrestling. And I'd never learned wrestling before. And so we were all gathered sitting on a mat. And uh, the coach, his name was Mr. Grant. He brought in um, a wrestler. And this guy was you know, probably two, three years older than us. And uh, he, was, he was a national champion. Um, he had just destroyed everybody else in his competition. Just, and just huge guy. Like just clearly he had the right body type for it and just, just, just a monster. And, and so he was, I don't even remember exactly what concept he was trying to say, but he was just trying to see, I think he was just trying to say like, look at the possibility of what you can do in wrestling and, and, and here's a, here's a champion. I'll show you what he can do. And, uh, and so we're all like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then he, he said those magical words, I need a volunteer. And he wasn't so much asking for a volunteer as much as he was, I'm going to choose one of you and, and, uh, and be prepared to die. Um, and so I, you know, I was just kind of watching him and, and then I don't, I don't know if he had something against me, <laughs> but he said, Rory, you're up. And I just give my mind up and go like, are you kidding me? Like, I have zero chance. I have no skills. I know nothing about wrestling. Like, what do you have against me, man? And so, like, but I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't want to chicken out because that would be embarrassing. So I step up. And again, it's just my unchecked assumption is that I'm not going to be chosen. Um, the uh, So I'm stepping up to this mat and this huge guy. And I'm like, okay, the goal is definitely not to take him down. <laughs> My new goal is to see how long can I survive against this behemoth before I get absolutely destroyed. And and unfortunately, that goal was crushed as well, where <laughs> we just, he's like, all right, start. And, you know, like within less than out of three seconds, I don't even remember what happened. I was on the ground pinned in some kind of pretzel position. I was like, ah, you know, and, you know. <laughs> And the coach's like, all right, you're done. He's like, thanks, Roy. Like, you're welcome, and I hate you. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I share that story because sometimes that's what an unchecked assumption can feel like. You can just be, like, kind of in, like, a spectator. Things are going along smoothly, and all of a sudden, you know, things, things just dramatically change, violently and fast. That was a perfect example um, for me. Kind of going on with that wrestling example, I thought, too, it was kind of interesting um, so, you know, after that, we started learning some techniques, started practicing, kind of getting some skill. And, um, and uh, our coach, again, um, would match us up with, um, with students in our class. So instead of a national champion, this time, uh, Mr. Grant matched me up with another guy. He's one of my friends. His name was Ben. And he was actually shorter and skinnier than I was. And, um, you know, that... My perception of his physical stature gave me 
a false sense of confidence that perhaps, you know, maybe I can win this. You know, it gave me some like idea that, you know, maybe, maybe there's a chance, like there's a stronger chance. I'm, I'm feeling it. Let's see what happens. And so the, uh, you know, we, we start the match and, uh, and, you know, we just get locked in holds and, and, you know, we're going this way, that way. And then all of a sudden he starts pulling these moves on me and I, I realize he's pitting me and I'm trying to get out. I'm like, I'm, I'm bigger than him, but I'm stuck. I can't get out. I'm like, you know, just struggling, just fighting. And, and nothing that I can do can get me out of this, this position. And in my head, I'm like, oh man, like I'm done. Like I'm getting tired. And, and he's just, he's just wearing me out. Like I'm stuck and he's wearing me out. And you know, my, my head hits the ground or the mat. And I just, I submitted, I lost. It was, it was a little bit humiliating. Um, and I got a bloody nose on top, which kind of had to stop the match too. But it was, it was a deeply humbling experience. And I realized, you know, from that, that Ben, the guy I was wrestling with, he knew things that I didn't know. And, and I just assumed because I was bigger that I would win. And I, and I lost. I was like, I, wow. Like just, just, just brain explode. Like, <laughs> like just that all these, these assumptions were, you know, stopping me from getting the result that I wanted. And I also realized too, like when he would put me in certain positions, I, I didn't have any counter moves. I didn't, I didn't know what I could do to, you know, reverse the situation that I was in. And so Every time he put me in another move, I was stuck, you know, or if, if somehow I managed to wiggle out of it just a bit, he pulled another move and then I'd be stuck again. I was like, this is not fun. And again, sometimes that's a lot like business. If we don't have resources or experts or, you know, trusted advisors or team members that know how to reverse us out of situations, we can feel stuck. And, you know, in business that can, that can relate to, you know, it might be a massive tax bill. It might be, you know, somebody not doing their job. Like there's all these liabilities that can happen where the business is, um, is going to take a hit. And so, so those, those are some personal examples. I, I wanted to just share that really helped me see, you know, these assumptions hurt. What you don't know can't hurt you. So just, uh, so those were some personal stories that, um, you know, just, I was really like, yeah, those were unchecked assumptions that I paid a price for in, in the realm of sports. And uh, so let, let's, let's dive into, you know, some, some business examples. So um, this, this one was, <laughs> this next one pretty hurt, hurt a lot. So we had, uh, I was part of a team and part of our task was to, you know, we had some, we had some extra cash, a lot of extra cash to, to buy a new business. That was the goal, buy a new business and, uh, and scale it. And the idea was once we scale this thing, we'll make a whole bunch of money and things would be awesome. So we had, we had a pretty solid team, a small team, but really solid, all the right um, talents, skills, and just great people. And, and so we were excited. We were all pumped. And, and we did. We bought, we bought a business. It's like a computer backup kind of business. And we started the process of building systems and processes, just building the infrastructure for it. And... Um, one of the one of the uh, the things that we 
while we were going along was um, we, we kind of had some folks as what was on customer service to help give like retain customers onboard new ones properly. Um, and the second big thing was was marketing. We needed to acquire new customers so that we could, you know, scale the business, have even more money. And then something happened that uh, that totally blindsided us. We didn't even see it. It's it completely from left field. And there was, uh, some of you might remember, where Facebook's uh, CEO, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know if he's a CEO, but, you know, top guy, <laughs> he, uh, founder, he was summoned to Congress for uh, a data scandal uh, from this company, Cambridge Analytica. And there was this data scandal, and he was summoned to Congress, and he was questioned for hours. And, and shortly thereafter that, you know, our marketing team was noticing uh, a pretty significant drop in our conversions to acquire customers. And so one of the guys, he started asking other of his friends who were marketing using Facebook. And it, it turned out that we weren't just the ones that were hit, but other businesses were hit too. And, you know, businesses that were sailing along just fine, things were going smoothly, acquiring customers, they were, they were getting hit and, you know, just fighting, struggling. And our biggest problem was, was that all of our, our marketing was based solely on Facebook. And so when that, when that ship got hit, then like our, our marketing started to sink. We, we weren't getting the same level of conversions and, and, uh, and because of that, we were losing money every time we attempted to market a new customer. Something wasn't working. Something wasn't just, just the strategy just wasn't working anymore. And so it was, it, and it, it was really discouraging, you know, like when you're, you're trying to scale, you're super excited and you're spending all of this money on marketing and you're, you're just not acquiring the customers that, that you hope for. It, it really sucked a lot of energy out of our team. And it was just, it was just brutal. Was, we were just kind of like, all right, let's keep going, you know, keep it up. And, but the energy just slowly got sucked out and people started getting like, oh, is this, is this really going to work out? And, you know, it, it, uh, <laughs> it was a hard lesson where, you know, we assumed that when we bought this business that we could scale the marketing, everything would be great. Uh, but that didn't happen. And, the one thing that we missed, and in Keith Cunningham in his book, he mentions this, is something called concentration risk, where uh, there's a chance where if, you know, there's risk in one area, so in our case it was, for example, marketing only on Facebook, that if that went down, then everything else goes down. You know, and had we done our due diligence properly, you know, in the acquisition phase, um, we might have assessed, you know, there's, is this a, a concentration risk that we're comfortable with? And, and some people might have been and maybe had more experience with Facebook marketing and know how to rebound it. But um, for us, the impact was we, we didn't know exactly what to do. Um, you know, we, we did try some strategies, some countermeasures, but it, it, it didn't end up um, really having much effect. And because the number of customers at that point in time were canceling, 
that, that were canceling were greater than the numbers being acquired, the business was then in the state of, of slowly dying. So that was a, that was a, a punch in the face. <laughs> you, you've brought, maybe you've heard that quote by like Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. Uh, that, that, was, that was certainly a left hook to the chin um, in our case. So, you know, up to this point in time, there's, I, I've kind of created this perception that uh, unchecked assumptions um, are only negative. But that's, that's not always true. Sometimes unchecked assumptions can open up really positive opportunities that can be game changers. And, and for example, I'm just going to share another story where I was at, at another time years ago doing uh, bookkeeping slash accounting tasks for a mobile game development company. And, you know, really, really dry work, but it, it taught me a lot about becoming even more financially literate. So it was awesome. And uh, one day I was tasked with the assignment of checking out the accounts receivable, accounts receivable for each of our customers. And, and for people who aren't familiar with that term, accounts receivable just means um, if it's for your company, it's people that owe you money and people that you can go to and say, hey, you owe me this much. I need to collect it. Can you give it to me? And so in this case, it's a positive thing because we're trying to get cash that the company has earned and all we need to do is collect it. So that was my job was to go to each of the customers. There's like 10 big ones and, and, and find out, do we have any outstanding cash owing to us? You know, and, and so it wasn't, it wasn't terribly complicated. Just had to, you know, log into our dashboards. Um, cause there's ad revenue that was, that was earned and just, fi- and just navigate, look around and find out, you know, do we have any money that's being earned? And it turned out just just because of that simple thing of just following up on the accounts receivable, we, we found with uh, with one company, one customer that um, they had they had owed the business that I was working with a hundred thousand dollars, and it was just sitting there like doing nothing, and. And it just blew my mind. I was like, there's a hundred thousand dollars just right there. Like, how could not anyone know about this? You know, <laughs> and you know, if 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 you know, I had if someone said, Hey, you should check over here, I, I think you know, you might be eligible for some money, you know, or, or something like that, and there was a hundred grand there, I would I would be on it. <laughs> and uh, that was you know, it, it, it's a really nice thing to go to a meeting and say, Hey guys, you know, we I, I checked it out, and there's this one, it's one company, and they owe the business $100,000 and, you know, suddenly priorities shift. <laughs> it's like, you know, all right, let's, let's go, let's do it. And so we, we took the necessary steps, created a plan, and it was pretty simple. It's just like some, some corporate information, some tax information. And once it was all said and done, the money was transferred and the business was $100,000 richer than what it was before. So, you know, so just, just something like that, that just that, just those unchecked assumptions, knowing what the right questions are, are to ask at different times, um, those are, it's, it's massively powerful just to be able to do that. And so, um, at the beginning of my podcast, I'd, I'd mentioned, I talk about the four steps, uh, to eliminate unchecked assumptions. So we're, we're going to dive into those and let's do it. Let's do it. So step number one, so referring back to the you know, the, the Facebook algorithm shift that totally destroyed our marketing 
um, I should say totally destroyed, but you know, definitely disabled us. It was, yeah, yeah. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Like it, it impaired us severely. Uh, so the 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 very first step um, is to uncover the assumption. So we're trying to raise our awareness and have this attentiveness, this sensitivity, to get that spidey sense of you know, of, of being like, what am I, what am I missing? What, what am I not checking? What, what, what else is there that I'm not taking into consideration? And there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can do this. One of the best ways, and I'm still learning about this, but what Keith Cunningham recommends, and he's got like a whole course that goes into this is having a board of directors. And he talks about the purpose of the board of directors is to play defense for your business, is to ask the hard questions, to be objective, to be not emotional about it, so that they can they can really draw out what those unchecked assumptions might be, those questions. You know, just kind of like on Shark Tank, um, you know, they they just pound those entrepreneurs with questions to make sure that they're they're leaving nothing uncovered, so they can be clear about the investment opportunity they're going into, and their money doesn't get wasted. And so having a board of directors uh, being able to do that, um, to, to be non-emotional and, and just give you that feedback of, of what's the truth and not caring about whether or not they're going to hurt your feelings or not about the business you love. So that, that's one option. Um, others are if you have metrics or dashboards, those can kind of be give you clues or indicators of what's not going right you know if cost is going up in a specific area of your business that might be like okay why is that cost going up you know or maybe there's more refunds or chargebacks going on with your customers and instead of just being like oh we had such and such hundreds of dollars maybe it's worth asking you know what's the story behind every single one of those refunds and is it you know like system based is it you know what what did where did we fail as a business that caused a chargeback or a refund how are can our customers communicate to us properly? You know, they, they can be clues so you can dive in a little deeper and find out why exactly did a customer make that decision. So between that, um, another simple practice is just making sure that you've got someone to monitor emails that might be coming into the business or, you know, having a daily scrum meeting where, you know, one of the key questions we ask in our meetings is, do you have any impediments? Is there anything that's that's stopping you or do you have a bottleneck that's preventing you from getting to the the next step because sometimes even an unchecked assumption is everything's going along smoothly but someone might be stuck and they're just not saying anything about it um and hopefully that's not the case but with with your company but if sometimes if that's not talked about or people don't feel permission or like so-and-so's too busy they don't have time for me that can snowball into something that's just it makes the problem even worse. So, so that, that's step number one, uncover the assumption. Just a quick example, um, when, when I was doing my routine, following my, my morning checklist of checking the emails, I saw my inbox one from PayPal, from our payment processor, and uh, it was like a, it was a red flag kind of email. It was like, we, your tax information doesn't match and as a result if we don't get updated tax information from you by such and such date we're going to restrict your account which in, in this case would mean um, you can't withdraw money and we use that account to pay contractors 
So it was, it was like, this is a big deal. It's like, and there's a whole a ton of other restrictions. There's like 20 other restrictions they'd put on the account. I was like, wow, like if this goes, like our cash flow is dead, like from, from this payment processor. And so formulated a plan. I was like, okay, I, I'm not smart enough to know how to figure this out on my own. So I went and spoke with one of our accountants who specialized in, in U.S. tax. And, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so great. I love having experts who are smarter than me and who just have way more certainty about how to get stuff done. He's like, yeah, you just have to fill out this W-9 form. This is exactly how you filled out. We filled it out together. And he's like, yeah, just submit it. You'll totally be fine. And, and so I did that. I just emailed it back to, to PayPal. And then within like a week or two, they sent a response back. Yep, everything checks out good. You're good to go. And uh, yeah, thank you for your business. And, you know, leading up to that point, I was like, <gasps> you know, just like, just I could barely breathe. But after that, I could finally breathe. And I was like, oh, okay, things are going to be okay. All right, step two. This next step because we didn't see it at the time, this business I was with, it pretty well caused almost an entire business operation, sales opportunity to be shut down, which was going to be like ten thousands of dollars. Um, and and so it was really critical that we get this right because the next time, especially because it was something that could have been totally avoidable and preventable, but we just we just didn't see it. And uh, this this step two piece was to actually give the assumption, the threat of the opportunity, a score so that we could prioritize it and decide, is this something we want to look deeper into? And, and so, um, so being able to, you know, once you uncover the assumption and sometimes they're going to just be a blaring red siren and it's just going to be a no brainer. And you're like, we've got to take care of this one. And other times, just if it's outside of your expertise, especially that's kind of what I figured. It's like when it's not in my expertise, sometimes I dismiss um, these unchecked assumptions and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's something we need to look at, but it's probably not that big of a deal. And then sometimes it turns out to be a massive deal. And so the, uh, so that, that's the step is, is giving that assumption for a, a threat or an opportunity, a score. And, and just the simple way to do that is just to say on a scale of one to 10, how impactful will this threat or opportunity be? You know, if it's one being the least, then, you know, Maybe it's something you look at maybe a couple of months or a year from now. Um, but if it's 10, then you definitely want to give it your time and attention. Um, and just uh, just hold on tight. I just got to, I'll be right back. Okay, sorry about that. There's a, a lady outside of my car, which is where I'm, I'm uh, recording my podcast right now. And she was carrying a garbage bag full of stuff and it just ripped right open. So I just ran inside to grab her another garbage bag anyways, helped her out. So that was good. Sorry, it's just totally random moment. But yeah, we're back to step two, scoring the assumptions, the threat, the opportunity. So yeah, just just kind of a quick example in business. Um, like we're, I was working for a seminar company. We were trying to move a van that had all of this like seminar presentation equipment from the U.S. to Canada, getting it past the border. I knew in the past that there was probably going to be some problems with doing that. Um, and that we should get some things checked out, you know, and, and get, do some more research. But, um, the people on the team were just like, you know, we'll just go ahead and we'll just figure it out when we get to the border. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, it, uh, it, it barely got through like, and the guy got like interrogated pretty, pretty intensively. And 
<laughs> he hated it so bad. I mean, I don't know how you feel about border crossings, but uh, they're, uh, unless you get all the checks, you know, in the proper forms and everything, it's like, it's a nightmare. And so he was terrorized a little bit, uh, but he managed to get through. And uh, if he hadn't, then the, the seminar location where money had been paid for a venue, people had paid for tickets, it wouldn't have happened. And potentially tens of thousands of dollars wouldn't have happened. So it's uh, that's just kind of a quick example, you know, scoring it, just being like, no, guys, this is a 10. We need to do something about this. If we don't, it could cost the whole operation uh, for making money. So that's step two. So step three um, is a, a lot about what I refer to in the wrestling example. If you remember with Ben and how he put me in a move and I get stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, how do I get out of this? And, and uh, so step three is creating a countermeasure strategy. So when that unexpected thing happens, that whether with your team or with your experts, whoever you, your trusted advisors are, uh, to consult together, counsel together, and say, what can we do to take care of this, to respond back so that we don't have to feel the pain or the effects or take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of us. And so, uh, that's, that, that's how you take care of that is, 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 you know, create a plan together. And just as a quick example with that, while I was doing sales, I would oftentimes like be with a customer and they'd have an objection and I didn't know how to answer to that. And so I lost the sale. So I, I screwed it up. And so I, but what I would do is I'd keep track of that and I'd go back to my sales coach and say, Hey, this is what happened. I didn't know what to say. What would you have done? And he would model a technique or something that I could use to, to solve that. And then, and then the next time I would run into that objection, I had a countermeasure strategy in place. And so that's just one quick example. But you know, if it's like, it could be anything from like intellectual property, trademark challenges. Um, I've seen times where like another company will send another business a letter and they're like, hey, you're, you're infringing on a trademark. You need to stop your your business activities or else we're going to sue you and you know and they talked with they talked with their attorney and he's like no that they, they don't have any legitimate like we'll just send them a letter back and they don't have any legitimate argument so we'll, we'll take care of this and then it was gone you know and, and just like in the paypal example too where like they're like hey you need to give us your tax information our countermeasure strategy was fill out this form send it in and everything was fine so Again, we're at, uh, so that's step three, create a countermeasure strategy. Step four um, is, and it might seem really simple, but sometimes it's the thing that gets procrastinated the most. Sometimes we'll see something that's shiny and get distracted or, or just like stuff just pops up, right? Like uh, emails get filled up or phone calls come in and, and we just miss doing this one thing, which is to actually execute the strategy. And... And so everybody has a different style and way of executing the strategy. Um, for me, especially if I've got a ton of things on the go or if there's meetings or phone calls or places I need to be, um, I, I have this routine I do every single morning and how I make sure that I execute the 10, 10 out of 10s for unchecked assumptions is I have, a, I have a little like electronic notepad on my computer, like Mac has this notes app. And there's one section in my morning checklist called the big shovel. And I call it the big shovel because uh, Keith Cunningham, again from that book, he said, we need to learn how to fall in love with the shovel, which is just another way of saying you need to fall in love doing the work. You need to, you know, a lot of people 
will you know have ideas but they'll never execute on them and so my big shovel that's that's where my focus of the day is the first thing that I take care of um, I write down that thing that I need to check out or or learn more about or get done and uh, so everyone has a different way sometimes when I'm on the run I'll just throw a hey Siri can you please remind me at this time to do this or I'll do like a countdown timer if it's something really important. I just want like a little buzz, something audible to get my attention. And, uh, and just, and you know, part, part of us wants to procrastinate. And I try to just remind myself, give myself perspective in asking myself a pain question. Because I'm typically pain motivated. So I'll ask myself, what's going to be the cost in, you know, a couple months or a year if I don't take care of this thing? And as soon as I, I believe that the pain of not doing it will be greater than the pain of doing it, I'm going to get it done. Like just no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to get her done. And, and so, you know, for example, we, uh, we had a, uh, just even a simple thing. We just had to pay a contractor who had done some work for us. And, you know, maybe on the unchecked assumptions, uh, like it wasn't huge. Maybe it's like a, you know, a three or four. But it was still a relationship uh, that we we cared about, and you know there were some issues with helping him get paid, and then we didn't create a countermeasure strategy, and we didn't and we didn't execute either, and as a result, he didn't get paid for weeks, and I think it led into months, and then this message came back where he's like, "Do you guys hate me?" <laughs> you know that was that was the point where that was his perception of you know, on his end, why am I not getting paid? Like, do they not like me? Were they not happy with my work? Like what's going on? But we just, we just hadn't properly assigned the right person to do it. And as a result, it wasn't executed and it just dominoed into this, this issue. Thankfully we got it figured out. We're just like, you know, what, what was initially a three or a four turned into like a, like a nine or a 10. It's like, if we don't do something, we're going to lose this relationship. And and uh, you just know, like, you just don't want to lose your, your team players because they bend over backwards to, to help you win. So those are the four steps just to kind of quickly review. So number one, uncover the assumption. Number two, give the assumption that's either a threat or an opportunity a score. Score it. Uh, step three, create a countermeasure strategy. And step four, execute the strategy. And this is... I. I love this because it, it helps us play in the game. Just to, again, as important it is to have an offensive strategy to score, it's, it's important to have a defensive strategy to close those gaps so that unexpected things don't come in. And uh, if, we, if we play that game about you know, working to win, but also making sure that we're playing defense so that we're not, the, the gaps don't crush us because <laughs> they can. You think about football, if there's a gap in there, and one of the defenders, linebackers can drive through and sack the quarterback, you know, like there's no progress. And sometimes it's backwards momentum. And, and that's not the way we want to be moving. So, you know, I'm curious on your end, you know, what do you do to you know, defend your business, play defense on business? Um, are there any unchecked assumptions that might be threatening your business? And what can you do to, to mitigate those, create countermeasure strategies for that? So it's, I, I hope you've enjoyed the content. It's been really fun to go through and just, just really get the mind churning about what can we do to protect our businesses, play defense, take care of those unchecked assumptions. And uh, if, if you enjoy this, 
episode, I invite you to subscribe. If you're listening to me on Anchor, please send me a voice message. I would love to hear your comments. Let me know if there's any other content you're interested in hearing about. And please feel free to reach out to me on social media. Just love you guys. This is just a great time. And uh, keep rocking it. Keep smiling. Keep pressing forward. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.